Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. That was a terrific conversation with Matt McDonald. What they're doing at the Coast Coliseum is truly remarkable. All the innovation they've had to deploy over the last couple of years. You know, really, if you look across coastal Mississippi, whether it be the tourism industry, the gaming industry, shipbuilding, Stennis Space Center, education, so much innovation has had to be deployed during the pandemic. And we're doing things we never thought were, were possible. And in a lot of ways, actually, we're never going to go back to where we were. There's always there's going to be all these new learnings have taught us new ways to do business, new ways to be com- more competitive, new ways to improve our service and our the quality, whatever it is we, we do. And um, I, I would say that probably some of the most, or some of the biggest amount of innovation has happened in the education arena over the last two or three years. And I had the pleasure now of introducing Glenn East, a good friend of Coastview, who's been on the show many times. He's the superintendent of Gulfport Schools. But boy, Glenn, education has seen its fair of innovation, its share of innovation, hasn't it? We're having a lot of fun. You know, change is good, but change can be slow, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to continuing. Well, you know, listen, um, I've had Dr. Nicholas Conger, you know him, the infectious disease doctor from Memorial on the show many times. And on the most recent visit, and I've repeated this a couple of times on Coastview because it really, it really adds to or helps describe the challenge that you face, and that is that the CDC – has a sort of one-size-fits-all for COVID. But COVID now has Delta and Omicron, and now we hear over in Europe maybe another emerging mutation. But the reality is it's hard to do a one-size-fits-all on something that is so dynamic, that's constantly changing. And you're you're having to look at the, the you know, you're having, well, there's a lot of data coming towards you at, at, on any given day, but you're trying to make sure that you're making the best decisions possible every single day to keep everybody safe. Tell me about what your day looks like in terms of understanding the current situation. So, Ricky, we try really hard to listen to our local doctors, Dr. Conger, our our pediatricians. We keep weekly data that's reported to the state, so that data is important to us. Uh, You've got parents, and we we want them to weigh in and, and talk about, you know, their beliefs and so on. But the biggest issue we've got is, is that, you know, we're in the math, science, English, and social studies business. And we, we though we did a decent job with uh, at-home learning, virtual learning, we've got some students that being at home hindered. And, and so we're still in the process of catching them up. And all of that weighs in on what you need to do moving forward in this ever-changing, you know, medical, what pandemic environment, whatever word that you want to use there. Yeah, I think one of the things we'll start to hear more about, because you still see the national media reporting numbers, um, and of course those numbers don't differentiate between what what's Omicron and what's Delta. They do they do do obviously some some testing along the way that helps you understand which strain is the most prevailing. And currently Omicron is that, even though Delta is still there. But the number of home tests that are taking place today, I mean, just so many, and those are not being officially reported. So it's almost kind of like hard to look 
at uh, at the national numbers, or, or you know, maybe maybe what we should be doing is just looking at the national trends as as um, you know, just a, an assessment of what the trends are and what we might expect here locally. But uh, so what do you what are you seeing, you know, as of right now in the government so, school system? When we went home January, I mean, excuse me, December 17th for break, uh, our last report was zero across the board. No faculty, no students. Uh, we opened up, uh, as you well know, on Monday with our intercession. So right now in our district this week, we have about a thousand students who are in different schools uh, working on their intercession work and then, and, and then some more students working on our camps. So it's kind of given us a good model of what may or may not happen. So in those groups right now, we're probably half and half masked. Uh, we don't discuss vaccination, but I do know walking through around, I know some families that have been vaccinated. So, so right now we have those things on our side. Uh, I guess a selfish way to say this is a lot of school districts started, we'll start officially on today, Monday, uh, we started in, so our full body will be there. But a lot of folks started this past week so we have the advantage of them going first, whereas we went first in the summertime, if you remember. Um, right. We're going to stay with our strongly recommended mask. We're going to continue to our social distancing piece. And we're going to keep our little bit more stringent uh, isolation piece. So right now, if, you know, if you're positive, it's a 10-day isolation. If you're not wearing your mask or you're not vaccinated, it would be a 10-day isolation as well. But... On day five, you can do the PCR test and come back on day eight if it's a negative. So we're going to keep with that for right now. The CDC is going to go with five days at home and five days uh, with a mask on afterwards. But, you know, I think that's more for the business setting. You know, where our students are three or four feet apart, uh, they can't go get a room and isolate in our schools. So we're going to keep that old uh, method of isolation going and as we go through this, at least through January and February as we continue to evaluate every day, like you said. Are you seeing the, the number of students catching COVID rising? See, not right now. Like I said, when we left in December, we were zero across the board. Yeah. And so right now, this was, you know, we last the third day of intercession, we got no reports of positive cases, nobody coming off of, of the break uh, with a positive case that we know about. So uh, January the 10th will be our day to begin to really see what happens with our students. And again, we're about 50-50 masked at this point uh, across the district. So you've mentioned intercessions a couple of times. You and I have had a full show talking about this new innovative approach that you're taking to scheduling, and uh, you know you're in the pro you're obviously in the midst of, of implementing that and getting actual experience now. So what's your you know what first of all explain what it is for people who have not heard that term before, and talk about how your actual experience has been so far. So as as we discussed before, we started school on what July the 23rd. We have a flexible schedule. We go nine weeks, and then we have a two-week intercession. And during that intercession, we offer uh, camps. Uh, Lynn Meadows sponsors a camp. Fans has a camp. We have our athletic camps. And then we have our students that uh, are there for uh, academic work. And so rather than waiting to summer to try to catch some students up, every nine weeks they have a two-week time period to kind of catch up or, or polish skills that they've learned the, uh, the nine weeks before. So this is our second one. Uh, I will tell you that's the first one. 
great response from teachers coming back to work. Those that did not work the end of session, great response from the teachers that did work the end of session, uh, and a lot of students that were excited about the work they did. Uh, actually saw some great improvement on what we call district common assessments from those students after the first nine weeks. So that intercession then uh, just it helps us to help students uh, to stay caught up in school. Coming out of COVID, you know, we've talked about this before too, that we have a lot of students that they were virtual, they worked hard, they tried hard, but when they came back to us, there was a gap there. So a lot of those students are using this intercession time to catch up. So you've got three nine-week periods, you have a a break in between each of those periods to we have some enrichment stuff, we call it, but then also some acceleration stuff, uh, you know, to make sure students can stay caught up. My gut right now says things are going well, but we probably need to converse about June when all the official stuff comes out and let's see if we were successful or not. So what kind of feedback are you getting? Uh, great feedback. Uh, I was in four schools today. Kids are excited. They're waving. They're enjoying the work. Uh, the camps are going well. Uh, parents are, are loving being able to vacation. Uh, the September, October intercession, I think we pretty much the city of, of the Gulfport School District must have been in Disneyland down there in Orlando, some of them. Uh, I've heard the Gatlinburg uh, stories this, you know, over the holidays and this week before we get back. So there's all kind of things that's, that are positives here for us. And so uh, I've received very little negative feedback, if, if any, once we got this that first one over and rolling and folks thought we're going to keep our word and do what we're going to say. So it's, it's been pretty powerful. So when you're not thinking about COVID, what, what's, what's top of mind to you these days? Um, two things right now that, of course, the academic part, that, that, that group of students that we're trying to catch up. And, and the other thing in the education business that, that my peers and I are dealing with, Ricky, this, this social media and, and, and the cyberbullying kind of stuff and the, 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 the national, we're going to blow up your school, if you recall, what was that end of November, 1st of December, when that, those are the things that are keeping us from doing our job of math, science, English, and social studies. Uh, we meet once a month as a group here from South Mississippi, and it's, it's frustrating those things that are drawing attention away from what we should really be focused on in schools across it, with a thinking for South Mississippi superintendents. So that's on our mind all the time. And it seems like every day there's this little cyber thing going on or this bullying going on. And, and we're working to, to work through those. But again, I also think it's a product of the pandemic. You know, you were at home, you were alone, you had students that were having to be the mom and dad while mom and dad may have been at work. And then you're coming back to school and you got a teacher telling you what you're going to do, but you've been in charge. So we're trying hard to make those kind of things work. But uh, most importantly for us in Gulfport is that academic piece. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Glenn East, the superintendent of Gulfport School System. Uh, I have concerns, too, about social media, the impact it has on young people. We can talk a little bit more about that. And then, uh, you know, talk about some, maybe some highlights that you look forward to in the, in the 2022 season. We'll be back after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Glenn East, the superintendent of schools for Gulfport. And, you know, when we went to break, we were talking about uh, social media and cyberbullying and all the issues that, that uh, people who were in Glenn's position had to face on a day-to-day basis. And I talk a lot about this, Glenn, only because I came from the media industry I worked for traditional media, a publisher and president of newspapers, had multiple companies that reported to me later in my career and was involved in some of the most, I don't know, uh, innovative digital media efforts in the country at, the, at, you know, at its time. And so I saw the evolution of social media. I saw the evolution of advanced uh, artificial intelligence and how they're using that to, to do a lot of the managing. Instead of having people do it, they're using machine learning and computers to manage their environment. Whereas newspapers and radio stations and TV stations, they all had to deploy human capital resources to make sure that the information that we're putting out there is valid and corroborated and truthful, et cetera. Well, what's happening with social media is they're using computers to do that. And so what happens as a result of them not being able to know what's going on in everyone's news feeds when something bad happens in a news feed, it ends up falling on administrators to go have to sort through all that. And and it's just, man, the whole thing is, I, I, I pray that we get more focus uh, on big tech as it relates to this because the impact it's having on children is incredible. The impact it's having on school systems, like you just mentioned ago, a minute ago, is incredible. And one other point, the studies around Instagram and its impact on young women, girls, is just, startling and it's scary and something's got to be done about it buddy i mean it's you know too many young girls are in instagram living in instagram world and this is not a good thing i'll say this the last thing i'll say is that i wish more parents would just be aware of what their kids were doing in social media just like they used to be concerned about where they go uh on the internet um, but but now that they have the phone in their hands some pa- parents have parental controls and are paying attention some others don't and the ones that don't, you face that every single day. And I don't see that going away anytime soon, Glenn. I think it's, I think it's just going to get worse and worse. I, I don't know the solution to the problem at the end, but I do this, and I'll, and I'll emphasize what you just said. That Friday um, before we were out for the holiday, um, you had this national push that you were, the school was supposed to be shot up or blown up or whatever the case may be. Parents react. You can't, you, can't, you know, you... you you, they need to react. But at right. the end of the day, how many parents went back and said, that app may be questionable. Let's get that off of your phone and, and, and take that, that the idea that, you know, family has the greatest influence over children. And, and so we, we've got to look at what it's doing and what it's, what it's not doing and how it can be very helpful in the classroom, but also how it can be very destructive uh, in the, in the, the emotional world, and I think I think we're dealing with that. We're dealing with that significantly. I, my, my my last point on that is, you know, you used to have it where for about a week you dealt with it, and then you had six or eight or, or, or nine weeks where it didn't come up. But for us and, and for some of my peers, it seems like around the middle of October that it just has been every day it's something new to deal with, and it's 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 difficult. Uh, and it so what you end up what, so Glenn, what you end up having to do is getting the message to students, don't do it. Don't right. go there. 
you're having to manage it from that point of view as opposed to the parent or big tech making it impossible for them to be able to do it. It's, that's got to be super frustrating. It, it's it's time consuming. It's taking us away from math, science, English, and social studies. Uh, but I'll also I'll stop and I'll praise our students. Our students are real quick to come to us with something that's not according to Hoyle on on a social media platform. We had an incident uh, the other day where one of our students made a, made a mistake. You know, he's in a class. They have some prop. They have a prop weapon. It's, it's a public law and safety class. He wasn't thinking about it. Took a picture of it, put it out on Facebook, and then our kids come to us. But we have to react to that. Uh, and, and, and it's it's just there's and, and we try to go through the rules we have in our middle schools we discuss those in our in our classes our computer classes how not what to do how what not to do but the peer pressure I guess is there and, and I guess eventually it'll it'll work its way out as students begin to understand that there's more important things to do and then the closing point for students and families 20 years from now your post may keep you from getting a job. Yeah. Companies are yeah. going back and looking at Facebook pages, at, at whatever they can do. And and your mistake at an 18 or 19-year-old is going to be hanging out there. It's not like, you know, you and I can have a, a terse conversation right now. Tomorrow we forget about it. We're still friends. But when you put it out there on Facebook and you're going back and forth, it becomes there forever. And I, that's the part we got to work with. It's a, it's a real, it's a very real issue. And as we've seen with some of these more recent um challenges with schools where there have been shootings you have to take every single one of these things very seriously if you don't um that one you miss that one you don't pay attention to could be the one that bites you i, I couldn't sleep with myself without we, we, we got to take care of them every day yeah god bless you hey listen when we when we uh, come back together again in a few weeks we'll talk more about the uh, 2022 but i think that was a really important conversation i hope parents will pay attention to that and take your your good advice pay a little bit more attention to what kids are doing on social media it sure would help you a lot if they would your parents would do what parents are supposed to do you would be able to do what you're supposed to do which is teach and not have to also play a parent role in some respects so anyway thank you glennies for spending some time with us this morning we appreciate you my friend thank you you bet. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.